Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the latest edition, post-game edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber, coming to you live from the Lambeau Field Press Box, where, as you know, the Green Bay Packers, I don't want to say dominated, but they, they manhandled the, the number one defense in the NFL. They won 32-18. to 18. They're going to their second straight NFC Championship game. And Bill, this is not like last season. We've said this before. This isn't like last season's NFC where we went into the NFC championship game, you know, fully expecting the 49ers to kick the Packers teeth in like the the team we watched today, the team we've watched all season is a team that can win the Super Bowl. Um, How much more convinced of that are you after watching the game today? Yeah, I I would say dominant, Matt. I I do think that, I mean, look at the numbers, 484 to 244 in yards. Um, I'm not a math major, but it's like two to one. (laughs) <laughs> against a great defense. Um, they've answered every question. You go you go back to that loss against Tampa way back in week six where they got their, to use your phrase from a minute ago, they got, they got their teeth kicked in by a really good defense. And Aaron Rodgers that night said it was an anomaly. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't think so. No, that was an anomaly. Um, it's a, That is a great defense. I realize Aaron Donald wasn't at his best, but um, 484 yards against any team is really good. Um, they've got nothing left to prove other than beating Tom Brady or Drew Brees here in eight days. Yeah, and and we'll get to that game a little bit later when we look ahead. But the way the Packers played offense tonight, and listen, yes, I picked the Packers to lose. Everyone come at me. Go ahead. I deserve (laughs) it. The Rams were allowing 18.5 points per game in the regular season. They allowed 20 to the Seahawks last week. That's the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Packers scored 19 alone in the first half put up 32, which was above their own regular season average. And yes, like you said, Aaron Donald wasn't at full strength. Um, He didn't play his normal allotment of snaps, but Jordan, who we had on earlier this week, uh, tweeted out that Donald had free reign when he wanted to sub in or not. He wasn't on a snap count or anything. I thought, I I don't want to say Devontae Adams dominated Jalen Ramsey because he didn't. And they didn't match up. I, I think they matched up just about as much as we thought they would. But Devontae certainly won his reps. And it's not like those two are the only two guys they have on defense. They're the number one defense in the league for for a reason. Uh, they had, in this last saddle throwout, they'd been allowing around 91 yards rushing per game. That's third best in the league. Packers ran for 188 yards on 36 carries, over five yards a carry. You know, they used all three guys. I know A.J. Dillon got hurt, but Aaron Jones, 14 for 99 and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, 12 for 65. Like, Bill, I feel like we're waiting for, like, something bad to happen to this offense and for them to come down from the clouds. At this point, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, David Bakhtiari was – that was supposed to be it, right? I mean, he's he's the highest paid offensive tackle in NFL history, and it, it, that was supposed to be the death – I mean, not the death, plus probably exaggerating, but that was supposed to be – 
was going to throw him off. Of course, I remember coming into this game and, you know, some listeners and, and readers talking about how Leonard Floyd was going to beat up on, on Billy Turner or Rick Wagner or whoever's going to go up against. I mean, Leonard Floyd didn't do anything either. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I've admitted this on the podcast before, but I've always been a guy who's kind of poo-pooed, you know, scheme and, and coaching, not saying it wasn't important, but I've always thought, you know, if, if X's and O's are all great, but if my X can't beat your O, it doesn't matter. I'm wrong though. Um, what Matt, Matt LaFleur has a winning game plan week after week after week. Um, they, they ran into will, they, they threw it at will. Um, this wasn't Devontae Adams best game ever. It didn't, nothing matters. Nothing matters. They, they score 30, like every game now it's, yeah. It's ridiculous, Matt. I mean, what what do you do you need to see anything anymore? No. I mean, we've said all season, oh, they need more wide receiver depth. Well, Lazard what? had four for ninety-six and a touchdown. Adams nine for sixty-six and a touchdown. Tunyon and MVS uh each had good games. You know, two guys, like I just said, ran well. I want to give a shout out to the offensive line because Aaron Rodgers used the word stellar when I asked him for one word to describe it. But he said they were the stars of the game tonight. And to not get sacked and the amount of time he had in that pocket with Billy Turner at left tackle, Rick Wagner at right. It looked like Rick Wagner's right arm was about to fall off. He was clutching it for for a good while there. He stayed in, didn't miss a snap. You got Lucas Patrick at right guard who's had his fair share of struggles this year. Uh, Elton Jenkins, very worthy of his Pro Bowl starter nod, probably should have been an all-pro and your first-team All-Pro center, Corey Lindsley, just an outstanding job by the offensive line. And, Bill, I know we talked about the Buccaneers' defensive line, and we'll get into that later, but if the Packers could do that against the Rams' defensive line, even with a, let's say, 80% Aaron Donald, 75% Aaron Donald, I'm not putting anything past them. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers now. Aaron Donald, one assisted tackle. Leonard Floyd, one tackle, two assists. I mean, these are the... These are their big guys. Um, what was Devontae's like? I, w- I was not on Devontae's Zoom. Um, when someone asked Devontae um, if the number one defense couldn't stop the Packers, who can? What did, it, what did, he, what did he say? He said nobody. And then right. he went on. That wasn't the only word in his answer. Then he went on to say, you know what? Let me pull up the exact quote. I don't want to get this wrong. So he was asked, you know, if the number one scoring defense can't stop you, who can? And Devontae said, uh, nobody. We stop ourselves. I think that's been proven at this point. They've got a lot of guys who do things at a high level and some of the best at their position, but the way we come together is just different than anybody else. And quite frankly, we don't need to delve into the scheme, the adjustments, the you know, the personnel. Devontae put it well. There is kind of this intangible feel. The way we come together is just different. Mm-hmm. Different is that intangible word. It's just like a sense. It's no X's and O's. It's just there's a different feel around this team. And you've been around this team way longer than I have. It just feels like they're going. I mean, they, they've already gone places, and you know, I think they can win the Super Bowl. And uh, it, they do just have that different feel. I wrote my story tonight. It just seems like a storybook season with everything from Jordan Love getting drafted to Rogers MVP season to all the talk around his decline to you know how well he's played to all these unsung heroes like Elton Jenkins and Alan Lazard, and Robert Tunyon, and Billy Turner. It's like, it all seems like the perfect storm. It is. I mean, that, that's a great line by Adams because what has changed? 
I mean, of the tangible stuff, it's the same personnel. Maybe worse without Balaga at right tackle. So it's the same personnel. It's the same offense, you know, kind of. I mean, obviously they went through the zooms and adapted stuff, but but largely you're talking about the same. Everything is the same. It's it's the other stuff that you can't put a finger on. It'll be worth exploring this week to try to delve into that some more. Sean McVay with a great quote, um, talking about if it was the Rams' defense was the problem or Green Bay's offense, and he's talking about Rodgers here. That guy has such great command. If you said you know nothing about football and you said, what does it look like to feel like the game is in slow motion and you're just so in command and under control? That's what it looks like when you watch this guy play. You don't, and you don't have to be anybody who really knows what's going on. He's in total command right now. He's playing in an unbelievably high level. I feel like that's me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> anybody can see this. It is. He was smiling. There's a picture it's, it's, of him circulating online. Um, he was smiling before he took a snap tonight. Like this dude is just having fun. That touchdown pass to Lazard. He went to the line of scrimmage and knew it was going to be a touchdown. I mean, who who's got that kind of cojones that thinks it's going to be a 55 yard touchdown against the best defense in football? I mean, when the play is called, just to think you're going to get a touchdown on it. That's a that's something. It really is. And all season, most of the season, you know, when the Packers need an answer, Rodgers delivers one. And sure, he this offense would be the same without those role players, without Devontae Adams, without the offensive line. But Rodgers is the cherry on top that makes it all go. He's the engine. And um, they needed an answer when he, he told you, I wouldn't say we were sputtering, but, you know, they needed something because – like we've seen so many times this season, the offense falters a little bit, lets the other team get back in, the defense kind of crumbles. But this team is is well past relying on its defense to win a game. That is resting on Rodgers' shoulders, and it's a responsibility he welcomes. And that's what happened on that touchdown to Lazard. It, it's the story of this season is um, these role players who make mistakes. It's happened with MVS. It's happened with Lazard. You know, it's happened with other guys that uh, you know I can't think of right now, but Lazard has the big drop in the third quarter, and then they go right back to him on a deep post route, and Rodgers hits him in stride for 58 yards, and he catches it, stays up. It looks like he was going to stumble for a little bit, and then scores the game-winning touchdown, essentially the dagger. That's kind of the story of this team, that, that redemption kind of thing. And that whole theme of redemption, I feel, is – why I think they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl, redeem themselves from the NFC Championship game last year, regardless of who they play. Um, and I just think, like we said, there is that special feel around this team that nothing nothing can really stop them. Like you said, anything can get thrown in their way, and they find a way to to adapt to it, except special teams. They, they're still not very good. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Actually, I mean they 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 did okay today. I mean, I mean, I I, I got to be honest. I have not. I didn't. I never did see the extra point. I was too busy tweeting MVP chance or something like that, and realized that what the hell just what the hell just happened. Someone said it was a bad snap. I know they give the, the longish kick return too, but they they didn't do bad. I mean, they I, I think they won the field position battle. So uh, you know, I guess at this stage, it's uh that's a victory, right? Absolutely. Let's look at let's look ahead to this game next week. Actually, before we do that, I want to pull up a stat that uh, Seth Walder from ESPN tweeted out. Jair Alexander played 31 coverage snaps and was the nearest defender on three targets tonight per next-gen stats. The Rams had negative three yards on one reception when Alexander was the nearest defender in the game. You know, all the talk was about Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams this week. Jair Alexander was the best corner on the field tonight. And you got to give props to Brian Gutekunst because... Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander are his three three of these this team's most important players tonight. And Kenny Clark, he played really well. But those last couple drafts uh, early on, or, or Brian Gutekunst's first couple picks in the first couple drafts, for the most part, were really good. And, you know, Jair is just a lockdown guy. I'd love to – I can't wait to see him against Mike Evans or Michael Thomas next week. But it's amazing the jump that he's made from his first and second season to this year. Yeah, you, what you like about him, too, is he's, he's not just a cover guy. I mean, I mean he'll miss some tackles, but it, he, he's never backed down from making a tackle. Um, whether, whether it's a running play or that receiver screen that he blew up, he is he is a fearless football player. He's When you when he got that athleticism, that competitiveness, that nose for the football and that toughness, that is... That's a great combination. You know, we talked about this before the game. You know, the Rams make uh, Cooper Cup inactive, and, and you, I thought that was big too because now now you can put Alexander out there and you can kind of shut down one guy, and it, re- it really handcuffed the Rams. But man, oh man, not to make excuses for the Rams there, but um, was he was he third in the All Pro vote? Fourth, but it's hard to see. It's hard to see there are many better third behind uh, than he is. Third behind Xavier and Howard from the Dolphins, who had ten interceptions this season, and. Of course, Jalen Ramsey. But yeah, he was really good. Kenny Clark had two and a half sacks. Rashawn Gary got some really nice pressure. I'm just listing off guys who who deserve some props for tonight. Um, Christian Kirksey had a nice stuff on a third down. J.K. Scott got off a nice punt. Um, pin the Rams. Pin the yeah, shocker. Pin the Rams <laughs> at the six. Um, Rogers has been saying it all season. The role players need to step up for this team to reach its full potential, and they did that tonight. Yeah, for the fire Mike Petten crew, the Rams had 244 yards, two for eight on third down. And, you know, Goff, you're watching it live, and you're thinking, Goff is really picking apart this group, right? That's what you're thinking. But at the end of the day, you're looking, you know, 21 completions, 177 yards. It was kind of like Trubisky last week, or two weeks ago, I guess it was. Um, that's 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 not winning football. Um, if, if, you can, if a quarterback's going to complete 20 passes for 170 yards, um, you say, thank you very much. Where do I sign?
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And yes, people will get caught up in the in the Rams kind of dinking and dunking their way down the field um, when the Packers are up two scores, but his defense got pressure when they needed. They limited the explosive gains. You know, their run defense was stout again. Cam Akers had been averaging almost 100 yards, like 99 point something um, in the four games before today, and he had 90 tonight. So uh, another nice job by Mike Pettin's defense. And, you know, before we get to questions, I want to look ahead to this game next week. So Saints and Bucks tomorrow. I guess we'll answer one of the questions now when we're talking about this game. Who is a better matchup for the Packers in your mind? That's funny. I'm just looking at the reader questions and all that. It's almost exactly how uh, Josh uh, Manti Golf put it, too. Um, I would say the best matchup is the Saints. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm a quarterback guy. I, I just think it's it's where you win football games. Um, it's going to be cold here next week. Not like bitter cold, but it's going to be 25 degrees. Tom Brady's played in a lot of cold weather games. Drew Brees has not. Um, I, I just think that um, I, I would, I, I'm sure I've said this in the podcast a half dozen times now. G- give me Drew Brees on a cold day if I'm Green Bay. So I will, I will say that is the best matchup. I realize Kamara is great. Um, their defense might have been sixth in scoring. So I mean, they're a really good team, but um, I, I'm just not sure how a 43 year old dome quarterback does against a surging defense on a night that's going to be, you know, 20 degrees. I, I just don't. I just think it's. I think that's a great matchup for the Packers. What do you think? Yep, Matt? I agree. And I would say the Bucks' defensive line it will would cause them problems, which I think it will. I think you know that was my rationale for why the Bucks would be the toughest matchup in the playoffs for the Packers because of what their D line did to the Packers in Tampa in Week Six. But then again, if the like I said, if the Packers' O line can do what they did tonight against a Rams defensive line, then why can't they do it against the Bucks? But you know, more so, I think it comes down to what you said. Um, Tom Brady has had two decades playing in the cold. Drew Brees, I don't trust him in the cold for nothing with my life. So I, I, if I'm the Packers, I would rather see the Saints. Yes, Alvin Kamara is really, really good. But you look at the Bucks; they, you know, I'd have to dive deeper into the O-line, but the O-line played really well uh, against the Packers in week six. And they just have a tremendous depth of pass catchers, and their running backs are are pretty good too. So, for as good as Kamara and Michael Thomas are, and how good that Saints defense can be, even though they allowed thirty seven points to the Packers, um, I, I think if I'm the Packers, I would rather the Saints. But that game will be interesting tomorrow. Whatever we get, it'll be Rodgers versus Breeze or Rodgers versus Brady. And you know, normally that would be the nighttime matchup, but. Um, they had to alternate the, the championship game time slots. So that game will kick off at 2 p.m. Central time next Sunday from Lambeau Field. That's a victory, victory for, us. for us. Because I won't be delirious at 1 in the morning recording this podcast. That's right. All right, questions. Let's see the first one. Oh, we already answered. Right, yeah, 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 people got, are just getting here. on um, me for picking the Rams. I know. I was wrong. I apologized. Actually, no, I don't apologize. I stand by my prediction. I'm not angry. This isn't me getting angry. I was wrong. What do you want from me? No one's perfect. No one's perfect. What do you want, people? So here's Andres. I, I hope Andres, um, could Matt pick whomever we play next week? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna pick the Packers regardless of who they play. Sorry. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Uh, um, gosh, they're, man, they, they're all piling on you. Holy man. I'm, yeah, I'm going know, through these yeah. now. They are just piling on. All right, here's one from Hans Winston. Will we see a sizable crowd next week, and do you think it made a difference in this game? So there were 8,456, I believe it was, tonight. It sounded like way more than that, and I do think it made a difference. Devontae Adams said... You know, it made things difficult for the Rams late in the game when they're trying to operate their offense down near their own, near their own goal line in their own red zone. Um, and, and just more than anything, beyond the tangible effect on the field, it was just nice to have like an actual game day atmosphere. They all they gave all the fans the signs they were banging on the bleachers. Um, you know, the MVP chants were loud. You could hear them. I don't want to say it sounded like there were 80,000 people, but, you know, it sounded like there were a really good amount of people in there. And, and even though they're socially distanced in pods, you look at the stadium at a glance and it seems pretty full, even though it's not. So Lazard said it seemed like 90,000, which, you know, he went to Iowa yeah, State. I don't what know is, about what, that. What, what is he? You know, he went to Iowa State. No offense to Jason Wallers, the Packers PR guy who's from Iowa State. Um, he did go to Iowa State. Ryder said 50 or 60,000. You know, I, I don't know if it's just because we're so used to the bizarro silence. But it did, it did. It seemed legit loud here. So it that, really that did. Was, that was, you know, I, I thought it was fun. Um, look, I, I like watching football regardless, but um, I, I, I like, it just, it hasn't, you know, Matt, I don't know. It just hasn't felt like a football season for a lot of it. It really hasn't. And I tweeted this before the game. Just you dri- remember that. Just driving up to the stadium. I know there was no tailgating in the Lambeau parking lots themselves, but just seeing the crowds around the field and the general atmosphere, this was the first time it felt like an actual game day. And I know we're, we're reporters, but I enjoy covering a game with a good game day atmosphere. Yep, I agree. It's just been, and I've never gotten used to it. Like you watch these games here and, and the it's, you know, it's dead quiet other than the background noise that they play. And then they score a touchdown and those fireworks go off and it scares the Scared the living, uh, scared so the living little, crap out of me. I don't think I, I can swear on this podcast, but it scared the daylights out of me. Yes, daylights. Yes, that's exactly what I meant to All say. All right, I'm having trouble finding a question that's not like I got some right here for my pick. This is from Matt Sieber. After not seeing it for weeks, the three man rush came back tonight. Any idea why? Mark, I got to be honest, I didn't notice it, but the Rams are two for eight on third down. So if that was the game plan, it worked perfectly with. Yes. I agree. I know there are some people who hate the three man rush. Um, I know to me, it seems like people um, complain. I'm going to use the other word. People complain about the three man rush when it doesn't work. People ignore it when it does work. So I'm going to chalk it up to that. Exactly. That kind of feels like the, the playing off the line dilemma. Like people notice when playing off the line corners, playing off line doesn't work, but when it does work, you know, nobody cares. Connor Burke with a good question. Who has been the most impressive position coach for the Packers this year? Adam Stenovich. Without a doubt. The, the yeah, amount, I mean, what he's done is The amount of amazing. movement 
not only from the bench to the starting lineup, but between positions. You think Billy Turner's played three different positions. Uh, Elton Jenkins has played four. Corey Lindsley has been in and out of the lineup. Lucas Patrick has played three different positions. Rick Wagner has played two different positions. The guys don't just do that themselves. They need coaching, and Adam Stenovich has been tremendous. Yeah, a little extra point on that, too. He replaces James Campen, who is beloved around here, and not just by us media people, but the players generally loved Campy. Um, so those are, some, those are some big shoes, um, A, because Campen knew his stuff, and then B, just because... They love the guy so much. So, I mean, he, he he had a tough. That was that was a tough position to step into, and you know the the players seem to really revere what he's done there too. Badger in Canada would like to know: Does either the loss of Tampa Bay or the win over New Orleans earlier this year really mean so much? Other than these guys got to size up their next opponent at this point. Yeah, I don't think it means too much. Um, that thirty-seven thirty win against the Saints. Neither team had their star receiver. Packers didn't have Devonta Adams. Saints didn't have Michael Thomas. You know, God forbid Michael Thomas gets hurt tomorrow and the Saints win. Both teams should be uh, closer to full strength. Packers are without Bakhtiari. Um, I'm not sure what other, you know, Knicks the Saints have. Buccaneers are, are pretty much the same looking team. I wouldn't put too much stock into that game because Rodgers throwing picks on back-to-back drives is so rare. And... The Packers just had an incredible downturn of, of fortune in that game and, and on the road, and I just don't see that happening again. Like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play like that again uh, with a spot in the Super Bowl on the line. So it, it's good to, as a reference point, those games, and like like you said, to to size them up, but I don't think it has too much of an impact because that was you know week three and week six for those two games. Yeah, well, so I got nothing, nothing to add to that. Mamba Army would like to know, this is amazing. Time to say adios to Josh Jackson. I mean, yeah. Obviously, that's not the most important thing right now, but definitely an interesting point. He's been a healthy scratch for a while now. 2018 second round pick. Ugh, I was I was kind of praising Brian Gutekunst for his early picks in the last couple drafts. Josh Jackson, nope. But it'll be interesting if they keep him um, because I don't think Kevin King's coming back. It'll be interesting. I would draft a corner in the first round because having a corner out on an island is so important, and Shannon Sullivan and Josh Jackson have not yet proven that they can do it, and they're going to have anywhere from the 29th to 32nd pick in the first round now. But I think corner is the most important position to address this offseason if Kevin King is gone. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, how many teams have two great receivers? You know, the Rams do. Yeah. I mean, didn't play with, but I mean, Cup and Woods. I mean, then you're you're really up a creek. I mean, Jair Alexander, um, he can't cover everybody. He's really good, but he can't cover everybody. Um, I had one more here. Um, who would right. who would you like to play next week? I'm too old. I'm not going to play anybody. Is the answer to that question? Um, Matt Harder would like to know what is the solution to our quick pass defense? Is it a pressure or coverage issue? Yeah, I think. That's a good question. What, what, what do you, I, I'm wondering what he means by quick pass defense. Like, I just think all, I'm assuming he means defense all those against quick passes. Yeah, don't you just got to give those up, Matt? Don't you think? I mean, you you can't. You you have to have give up something. Don't you just give that up? Yeah, because you can't get if you're guarding against quick passes, you can't get pressure in time. Um, it, to an extent, you can't do anything because 
if you play too close to guard against the quick pass, you're going to get burned. And uh, any quarterback in this league can just, you know, notice that their guys are being pressed and, you know, one pump fake and the receivers did just and they're gone. But I don't think it's a pressure issue because when the quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball that quickly, it's physically impossible to, to get that much pressure. So like you said, I think you just got to, you know, give those up and hope that your open field tacklers are like Jair Alexander in the open field. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Matt. You, you just got to make the tackle, and they tackled really well tonight. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe more press coverage might limit that, but then the trade off is you're you're more susceptible giving giving a fifty yard play. Would you rather give up a eight yard catch or a fifty yard catch? I'm assuming that is a Mike Pettin's trade off, and um, you sacrifice some things under the premise that at some point either you're going to get a stop, whether. You bat down a pass, you draw a holding call, they drop a pass, they run it and you stop it. At some point, you're going to get in behind the chains and they just can't nickel and dime you all the way down the field. All right, last one from Badger in Canada. If Crosby can't go next Sunday, what are the options? Reserve COVID kicker, J.K. Scott doing everything except holding. I think Crosby will be fine. I know he got kind of nicked up on that uh, botched extra point, but he was doing kickoffs and he kicked a field goal after he got hurt. I think the reason I saw some people not panicking, but asking on Twitter why they didn't kick the extra point after the Aaron Jones touchdown. I think they were just, that was an analytics thing. And they, you know, wanted to make up for that missed extra point by going for two. I don't think it had anything to do with Crosby's health. You know, he didn't look like he was moving great, but if he's still kicking field goals and doing kickoffs after that supposed injury, I don't think it should be too much of an issue going forward. No, I don't think so. I didn't like that two point call. Mr. Mr. Two point. Rob Domofsky, who is steadfast against ever going for two, um, other than like the fourth quarter, not not in favor of it either. Um, not, I'm just I just don't like chasing points, but it all, it all worked out for him. Um, last one I've got, Jacob Westendorf. Matt, will you wear a gold suit with the gold member G to cover next week's game? No, I got to stay objective as a reporter. That's a little too much in favor of the team. I will say I have, um. The yellow suit, I'm looking at my email now because I believe it came today. The yellow one that Devontae wanted me to get. Um, so I'll be wearing that at practice this week. Very good. Um, they, they played the gold member clip yeah. any number of times here. I'm wondering how many of the 8,500 people knew what on earth was going on. Probably a decent Just, amount. You know, it's it's funny to see... It would be funny to see how many how many people understood that and have been really keeping track with that the whole season. But that was that was funny to see. And Lil Wayne was here. Have you have you have you listened to the new Lil Wayne song, Bill? <laughs> listen to it on your way home. It's pretty Man, good. I, I I will I will try to listen to it. Um, as far as like pop culture and stuff goes, I'm I'm not your guy. I don't dress like you, and I have no idea. I, I will I will make a point to listen to be you know to be an objective journalist I should probably tune in but no I am uh, I do not have any of Little Wayne's um, Little Wayne's um, music on my uh, what's that music Apple Spotify there you go I do not have any excellent that's a good note to end on Bill Bill it talking is. about Lil Wayne yeah you guys know the drill you know maybe maybe because it's uh, NFC Championship week we'll we'll double dip on episodes we'll have to talk to our super producer danielle about that but um you know where to find us bills at si i'm over at the athletic we'll have you covered all week busy week uh with the nfc championship game coming to lambeau field not for the first time in aaron Rodgers' career but 
he will be playing in an NFC Championship game at Lambeau for the first time. Um, so for me, for Bill, for Danielle, we'll talk to you next time. This has been Head of the Pack. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.